Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where did you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am delighted to bring in my guest in a moment. It's someone that I have been wanting to chat with for a long time. But first, I must connect with uh, producer Tony Thaxton. I almost couldn't get out the words, I'm so excited, aka the bad boy of podcasting, to uh, find out how he's been and to fill him in on some things going on in my life. Tony... (laughs) Hello. <laughs> I just I laugh because I know what these things are going to be. I mean, I don't know where it's going to go, but I know I, I have a hunch. I know what the I think I mean, any any regular listeners also know what I'm. A, we're all about to find out about one of them. Yes, but one of them one listener. <laughs> one <laughs> listener. Yes. No. One of the topics. Yes. I'm not going to lie. It is that thing you think it's going to be, but it's going to go in a wild new direction that no one could foresee. Most of all, me, I am stunned by the development that's happened. But there's something else that you didn't guess. Okay. It's something out of the blue. Something out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, Can you guess it? Let's see. Did you... (laughs) I I love to set you up for impossible things. (laughs) things <laughs> uh i you know i'm gonna say did you make another new real life friend no i wish i had mary lynn rice cub is my last real life friend that spun off from the <laughs> podcast and we are overdue for hanging out but mm. it's been so hot because i think yeah. our next hangout is going to be a walk with our dogs and nice. she's a crazy person who gets up with the sun Mm, and yeah, I so so she can she can walk her dog, and it'll be like fifty seven degrees or something. But by the time I wake up, it's you know one hundred and forty five. So yeah, we haven't done been, that. We are overdue been real for gross. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and not melt during this today because I uh, I'm a I, uh, uh, what do I call my a simpleton with a window unit, not a not central air, and I you know it's got to be quiet for the recording. So oh. if I uh, start melting at some point, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of the word of a. I mean, simpleton works, but you're like yeah, a just... a plebeian, maybe. Sure. The underclass. Oh, you call me whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just call you someone who is probably uncomfortably warm. Get yourself some central AC, Tony. I know you're going to have to move to do that, but yeah, just put it on your vision board. Yeah, it's like one of one of very, I really like this place, but that's that's my one big complaint. So, um, okay, no, you didn't guess it. Uh, let me give you a hint. It's career based. You're still not going to guess it. <laughs> Career but based. I just want to uh, I just want to watch you come up with something else and then uh, I'll tell you. 
have you been elected the mayor of podcasting? I have been elected the mayor of podcasting. Wow, this is huge. Yes. There was a ribbon cutting ceremony today. And I couldn't get the scissors to work. They were stuck <laughs> shut. Can you even handle it? You must feel so dumb right now. Egg on my face. And there were cameras everywhere. It was just like lights flashing in my face. Because everyone turned out for the ribbon cutting ceremony to celebrate me being crowned the mayor of podcasting. No. Um, But I was doing a voiceover thing today, which is a little bit out of the ordinary for me, even though... um, I've done some stuff like that, but it's, I'm not like a regular voiceover artist in any way. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I would like to do more of it. So I was nervous, feeling a little bit like, I don't know if I'm up to this. Uh, but anyway, the first, it was like maybe, I don't know, eight lines or something. And the first line, we, we did it a lot of different ways to make sure that, like, and finally I really nailed it how they wanted it. And I felt good about that. Uh, and then my fucking voice blew out. How long were you doing this? This was on like minute seven or something. That's what I'm saying. It was so (laughs) embarrassing. It was almost as embarrassing as if the stick, my scissors wouldn't open at the ribbon cutting ceremony. (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be someone I'm not like, I wasn't like, Oh, hi, it's me. Your, um, super experienced voiceover artist showing up Mm -hmm. for our session today or anything like they knew it was voiceover for, um, like the intro and an outro of a new podcast. So they, and they knew exactly what they were getting, but I still felt really embarrassed that some, I don't know, like I think about, I maybe over aggressively cleared my throat. It was a little bit dry in the studio. Um, the, like I said, when we like finally nailed it the way they wanted it, it was using a more, um, like stentorian, like a more, um, official sounding deeper voice. So I was like doing different things with my voice than I Mm -hmm. normally would being a little less conversational, a little more like official sort of, um, I don't know, loud, maybe whatever I was doing. I must have done something that I shouldn't have done with my voice because then I was like a little bit hoarse and croaky for the rest of it. And I felt like such a dick. Um, so I, I'm sure these things happen all the time. Do they though? Like this uh, on this, I mean, maybe it was yeah. still embarrassing, but they are very cash and very nice. And I had said to them like, cause they couldn't hear what I was talking about the croakiness, but I was like, if you, when you get the recording, if you, are hearing it and you want me to redo it, I'm happy to redo it. So that was embarrassing. Um, But moving on to number two, yes, it does involve, and I am holding up my fingers and saying two over and over again, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen is where you can see me hold up two fingers (laughs) and then flash them forward and back. It does. Subscribers. Now I'm doing it with both. Wow. It's mesmerizing. I'm like a screen. I'm like a fractal screensaver from the 90s. Tony. It we were do- all thinking it, yes. Yeah, it does involve millipedes in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. Can I hear a dum-dum-dum, please? Guess what I have, no- have seen none... This is why it's different than you expected. I've seen zero millipedes in the bathroom of late because, and I can't be sure... This is the reason, but it seems like it. There was, you, can't I had, start, you can't start with because then. <laughs> well, because, comma, 
And I can't be sure this is a reason, comma. <laughs> All right, okay. I worked in magazines for years, professional writer person who is a little unclear on proper usage of commas. So uh, I might have, if if there's commas around it, then that phrase can be taken out. And I don't think the phrase, this might not, whatever I just said can be taken out. So just, I'm sorry, erase all those, that whole comma (laughs) comma digression, I, I could have been wrong. Here's the thing, Tony. Mm-hmm. I had a plant in my bedroom. Okay. And that's a pretty normal thing to have. It really it made the space much more pleasant. It it seemed like it was a nod to true interior design, I want to say. However, mm-hmm. I all of a sudden got um a wild millipede up my butt and I was like, "Wait a minute. What if I just cuz it wasn't doing well in my room, so I just moved it to outside." And as I was doing that, I looked in the drip tray of the p- plant. And lo and behold, there was a millipede in the drip tray. And I was like, hmm, that's curious. And I put it outside. And ever since I put it outside, there's been no millipedes in. And I wasn't just finding them in the bathroom. I was finding them crawling on the wall behind our bed. I told you at the right. beginning yeah, of the last yeah, yeah. episode, our guest, who's on her way here, but when she hears this, <laughs> <laughs> she'll know what we're talking about. Um, it's just been a running thing with the millipede update every week. And last week I shared that I tried to scoop a millipede off the wall and it dropped onto my bed and I couldn't find it for a little while. And I was really frightened. Uh, but then I found it, but I mean, and I've also found them on the carpet in our bedroom and I've been thinking, are they just entering through the, the door and just mm-hmm. making their way to the bathroom, which I mean, they seem robust and hardy. So it's like, that's a long trek for a millipede, but I think it could do it. Anyway, I think now maybe when I bought the plant, they were in the soil and they've been hatching and escaping the soil and invading my bedroom. I don't know. Mm. Like I said, it's How also... How long have you had this plant? Since the millipede problem started. Oh. Mm, okay. Knowing okay. glance. I think I can't remember. I I haven't kept track. Uh, Check your plant diary later. I really should have kept one. I mean, I could just go back and listen to episodes of this show and cross ref with when I got the plant. Um, I don't know if I said this or just thought it, but it's been very, very hot. I did say that. Or we talked about the heat. It's been very hot lately. So I feel like maybe millipedes don't like heat and that's what's going on but i think it also could be related to this plant i just took a gander at the time we have spent way too long talking (laughs) about this my poor guest i hope she arrives any second oh what do you know it looks like she arrived let me tell you who it is i'm so excited youtuber author tv personality actor host of not too deep this might get weird pile it on and by the way when i say youtuber i don't just mean someone like me who is on YouTube. I mean someone who has over 2 million views on YouTube. It is. Everyone put your hands together for Grace Helbig. Ah! Hello, Grace. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Look, I Googled Millipede um, just now uh, because I wanted to get a visual um, to the things that I, I hear have plagued you. Mm-hmm. And I haven't looked at I haven't clicked on anything, but the immediate definition that comes up is, uh, you know, they're characterized by having two pairs of jointed legs and then they're slow moving detritivores eating decaying leaves and other dead plant matter. 
So it makes sense that they would be emerging from my plant, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like that's their, you know, Vegas buffet, I would assume. Right. So you haven't seen a picture of a millipede yet. Do you have an image I, in I your see mind? The, I see the image. And the yeah, I, um, I say no to these <laughs> things. They are... They look uh, like little little worms. It's not Yeah, the, they look like little alien worms. Yes. And honestly, it's not the worst thing to find in your bathroom when it comes to like pests and things, but it's also not the best. No, but um, you uh, have found them in places other than your bathroom? Yeah, so it started with finding them on my bathroom floor. Okay. And I checked the shower because it just seems like something that would come out of your shower. They were, they're yeah. not coming from the shower. Okay. Uh, and then they were crawling, or one was crawling on the wall of my bedroom, like behind my bed. Okay. I've seen a few of them there. I started wondering, are they coming out of the electrical socket over there? So I taped it up. <laughs> Which and I keep checking the tape for to see if there's a millipede stuck to it. Thus far, nothing. But I feel like that's like, I mean, I should be on some kind of forensic show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I've also found them just crawling on the carpet in my room. Huh. So gross. Or the rug. So gross. Uh, yeah. I don't. I. 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 Thankfully, knock on all wood, have never had a millipede problem, but. Uh, it's wild that bugs just show up sometimes. Like we've had ants in our situation, but only because we've left food out. Yes. And then we put the food away and the ants uh, d- don't bother us anymore. It's wild how nature finds a way. Wait, it's that simple? You just get the... Because the times I've found ants in my apartment or house now, I... Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I don't think I found them in this house. Knock on whatever this table is made out of. But I found them in my apartment back when we yeah. had an apartment. And uh, I've like lost my mind and went insane, like hyper cleaning yeah. it. For me, it was not just as simple as putting the food away. Yeah. Well, we clean like crazy. And then I had to spend like, you know, a week like deprogramming my like psychology that they weren't everywhere in every nook and cranny yes. and every piece of dirt that I saw wasn't an ant everywhere. Yes. I have a real discomfort with ants yeah insects yeah, yeah. altogether probably yeah. as is, is clear from all of this but so insects are like my thing that i can't stand there's also other mm. things i can't stand what like would you have any phobias any uh um yeah I, well i don't i'm not an insect um you know lover i kind of let them do their own thing if they want to not bother me i won't bother them um i i don't like ghosts uh mm. I, i'm a little scared of ghosts and um, snakes, big snake, not a fan. You're a big snake, not fan? Yeah, big snake, not fan. <laughs> very big, not fan. Uh, or very small, not fan. Which are basically just, you know, bigger millipedes. They I are. <laughs> they, I feel like they're even worse than millipedes. Yeah. Because not for the obvious reason of like they could be venomous or, mm. you know, wrap around you and choke the life out of you. But they just millipedes at least look almost cartoonishly yeah. like they could be we actually had a guest who had kept them as pets as a, as a kid and shamed oh. me intensely <laughs> for not being into them and for considering yeah. massacring them um mm. via exterminator but snakes look mean snakes look mean and i also just don't like the way their bodies move there's it's too much like- slithering there's too much indecision about where yes. they're going. And so because they could go anywhere uh, at any time from any direction, uh, not for me. I like uh, lateral moving animals, I think. Yes. Yes. Have you had any experiences with 
snakes or ghosts? Um, no, no. I did have uh, on my podcast the other day, I just uh, interviewed an astrologer who uh, was telling me that I have, um, you know, like I'm very perceptive or intuitive. And if I like asked me if I'd ever experienced a ghost and I said, absolutely not. And I don't want to. And she was saying, yeah, people that are super intuitive, if you open that door, like to being able to potentially communicate with ghosts like Mm -hmm. the door won't shut again and i was like well okay good to know that i have a door (laughs) and i'll buy some locks for that door and i would like to not uh not look at that door anymore so i have not had an experience that i know of um doesn't that rule seem a little bit arbitrary and did you ever watch true blood on HBO. No, I did not. The first few seasons were very good, and then I, I felt that it um, fell off a little bit. However, in that show, the rule is, and maybe this exists outside of that show as well, but mm-hmm. vampires cannot enter into your house unless you invite them in. Uh, and I was like, yeah. Who invented that? In the same way, this idea that, like, well, once you open the door to ghosts, you can't shut it. Who yeah. decided that? Yeah, uh, I don't know, but that's funny because what we do in the shadows that uh, affects comedy, that's a, a rule of the vampires in that show, too. So that must be um, a vampire classic out. vampire rule. Let's ask Tony. Yeah. He's the we, we call him the bad boy of podcasting, so he yeah. must know about vampires. Tony, do you know anything about b- vampires and have you heard this rule before? Mm hmm. I have not. Uh, I don't know anything about vampires, but I have heard this about ghosts. Is if you're if you're uh, supposedly if you're more uh, open minded to the fact that they could exist. That uh, yeah, I've never yeah. heard that once you open it, then you can't close it. But I've heard the yeah, you uh, yeah that I guess it's harder that like you've now created this like connection and um yeah I, d- I don't even want to experiment with it. I mean, it kind of makes sense in that like. If you can train your eyes to be able to see one of those magic eye posters, yeah, yeah, you can probably <laughs> yeah, never yeah. unlearn. Yeah, exactly. You that. can only see like the weird little triangle <laughs> in the rectangle. Yeah, exactly. So, speaking of your podcast that you had mm. the astrologer on who told yeah, you yeah. about this rule, that was not too deep, right? That was not too deep. Yes. Um, I have to tell you and i told you this on email uh so i michael buckley was on my show recently and Uh, what a what a treat he's so great he He is to the world because of him i went out and purchased giant oversized post-it notes to write like things that i care about on and put it on the wall so i can (laughs) can be surrounded with my values yeah and also lists of potential guests because i'm practical as well but um i was watching him on an episode of not too deep and yeah. I was just blown away by your interviewing skills. You're oh, so good. You. And I, th- you know, regular listeners know I have been an interviewer for a long time. I am, you know, I take interviewing seriously. I consider myself a good interviewer. So I don't say this lightly. I, I don't oh. know that I've ever, like, there's very few people I would pay that compliment to. Um, sweet. But I just was very impressed. Is like where did you learn to interview and how did you get to be this way well um hmm i uh, it's interesting uh because it is like um 
it is a, a skill set, you know, like, it, and sometimes, uh, I mean, I've been doing not too deep for like six or seven years now. I mean, Michael Buckley is a very easy interview. Like you give him a one word suggestion and he'll yeah. talk for two and a half hours and like change your whole life in that time. <laughs> and it's really wonderful. But I watch, but, but I watched Brooke Baldwin as well. She was oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I like, I've seen it. It's not it, just your guess. It's you. It's, I, um, I think, well, it, I've been doing it forever. And so it does become like this skill. Like I'm sure you have the same feeling that you like hone in on it. And it's also, I just consider it like everyone I talk to, I want to make them feel like, you know, I'm not doing some bullshit kind of superfluous, like here are my 10 questions I Mm -hmm. ask every single guest kind of thing. Like you're a unique and complex human being and I want to approach you as such and, uh, and see like what makes you tick and why and how you do the things that you do. Because, you know, we've all been in kind of like, I've been in press stuff before and I started out um, working for like attack of the show, doing like movie Mm -hmm. junket stuff where you like go into a room with like, I don't know, um, like Liam Neeson and you have four minutes to ask him about, uh, you know, what he did in the movie and, and it's the most intimidating and stressful thing and you can only really ask the generic questions. So the podcast stuff is a, a really nice way to have just like conversations with people and not being so um, structured to like we I have a great team. Um, my friend Diane helps me do like research for all of our guests and then I spend uh, a few hours before each episode, just kind of like, you know, doing the thing we all do, which is go on the internet and stalk <laughs> the person and see what they're doing and what they're up to and then come from that like point of view about it. But it is something that uh, you definitely hone. And now I have to kind of like turn it off in mm-hmm. like social situations. I don't know if you've had this experience where I when I'm meeting new people, I will tend to go into like autopilot of asking them just constant questions. Yes. My friends will have to be like, you, you can't stop interviewing them. This is just a human conversation that we're having right now. I actually, there's a memory I have. And for some reason, it's the older I get, the more I realize there's, I have like a handful of memories that just keep cycling through. And I'm like, why mm-hmm. is it these particular ones? Yeah. <laughs> and I think the commonality with the ones that I'm thinking ever these it's times that it's things I feel embarrassed about probably. Oh yeah. Um, Shame memories. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. But then I think I don't really need, they're really small things, you know, it's not a bit, but anyway, um, I was at the Bowery ballroom, um, with this guy that I was on a date with and then someone else came. So I was writing about music at the time okay. and we had gotten like press tickets to the show, but I had brought this guy that I, um, that I like. It's like, I don't know, who was it even? I can't remember, but it was someone that I had an interest in. And okay. then the publicist came up and I was talking to him and then he left and the, the guy said, it was kind of like you were interviewing him. And I remember thinking back like, and I did feel like I was interviewing him. And why did I do that? I didn't need to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know what you mean. Well, it also comes out of like, uh, un- when I'm uncomfortable too, it's my default to yes. go to that. Like my dad is a person that asks people a lot of questions, but he's a really great conversationalist. And so I kind of like picked that up and it, gets to a point where sometimes I start asking too personal questions <laughs> of people and I have to literally like read the room and like chill out for a second. Uh, but it's, 
Yeah, I, I mean, the we try to also get guests that you know are, are fun and easy to talk to too, mm-hmm. which is helpful. Have you ever thought of being a therapist? Oh yeah, I have. Um, I've like. I've always been interested in psychology. When I was an undergrad, um, I studied communications, but I was super interested in psychology. Uh, I'm actually back in a graduate program now that's like a creative program that has little like um, touches into like the de- depth psychological world, mm-hmm. which is very, very cool. And I, it, when I decided last summer that I wanted to go back to school, I did flirt with the idea of like, do I get a clinical degree and like really pivot and see what's going on? But I can't do that because I I think I would uh, take on people's shit too much Mm. and not be able to like handle myself. Um, and I think I would get too emotionally invested in like people's lives uh, to a point that it wouldn't be helpful for them and like their breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I love the people that can do it. My therapist is wonderful. But every time I see her, I'm like, I could not do your job. Uh, <laughs> but I respect you for doing it. And this is why you are doing it because you can handle all of this. I have thought the same thing about myself that yeah, um, I don't know how they put the boundaries around it. And, and it's great that they do. Yeah. It's great that they can walk away after an hour and not think about it for the rest of the night. Yeah, but I don't compartmentalize yeah. so well. And I really can't do that because like you, like in going back and thinking about and having those Rolodex of memories that are like shameful and like uh, just make your body sweat in the middle of the night. <laughs> I think I would have that as a therapist of like, I didn't do a good enough job yes. for this person. And, and also, it's so high stakes. So high stakes. And then I think I would accidentally maybe tell clients secrets without mm. trying, which is a big no-no in that field uh, to other people. And so I don't want to risk yeah. <laughs> like accidentally saying something in public that uh, would make me lose my license. So I think it's for the best that I kind of coast on the side of that, but not so near it. Do you, um, and I'm asking this question because you said that you're worried you might reveal someone's secret. Do you have a problem yeah. with blurting things out? Not blurting things out. I think I get very excited about people's experiences. And like, even if it was like, if someone had a great breakthrough, I'd feel so proud that I might accidentally spill those beans to people Mm -hmm. um, in a way that is, you know, you really can't say shit about anyone's shit when you're a a therapist. And I think that's not a muscle that I have worked out well Mm -hmm. enough uh, or feel confident enough about exercising. So I'll let the professionals handle (laughs) all of it. Um, so what is the, the graduate program that you're doing? That's awesome. Um, it's cool. It sounds wild, um, but it's an engaged humanities program. And so it focuses on like um, creative. It's for creatives and it focuses on like um, a little bit of depth psychology, like C.G. Young stuff. And then like the idea of uh, creativity and like where does inspiration come from and all that kind of stuff. And it's really fun because it's... Um, people that don't exist in the bubble that I've been existing in for like the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it's people from all different um, careers, all different like trajectories, all different like walks of life. And so it's just exposure outside of, you know, the uh, digital bubble that I have found myself like hitting my head against the wall in. So it's been really cool. I have no idea what I'm going to do with this degree. It's a master's degree. So I... 
uh, have another like year and a quarter to go. But for right now, it's just nice to have something that provides a little bit of structure because I'm sure you guys all know when you work from home and you kind of like work in entertainment, you are the master of your own domain. And uh, I have not mastered my domain lately. <laughs> so it's nice to let someone else provide some structure and uh, and just like take time to like learn again and be a student, mm-hmm. which is so intimidating because I want to be a great student. But at the same time, I also get very lazy and I forget that I, um, you know, am not the best reader in the world. And so it's really been forcing me to sit down and do stuff that uh, I haven't done for a while. It's really fun. Is it all online? It's all online. Technically, once a quarter, we're supposed to meet on campus. Their campus is in Santa Barbara, the school that I'm going to. And uh, But because of pandemic, we've had to do all those sessions over Zoom, which is very interesting. So hopefully in the fall, we get to actually go on campus for the first time and like see each other, which will be a very strange uh, and wonderful experience. But for now, yeah, it's all online. Were you feeling... Um I'm wondering Burnt about your... out? Yes. <laughs> That's actually not what I was going to ask, but it's, it's adjacent to what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I was thinking about the decision to go to school, uh, to go back to school. Um, and I was wondering, were you feeling like things were getting a little bit stale before? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why talking to Michael Buckley last summer was around the time that I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Like, mm-hmm. I felt very burnt out from doing YouTube for like a decade and just like constant grinding on content creation. And also like the world was very intense last year. And I felt like I don't need to say like I have no, no I just want to walk, look, observe, learn and like kind of step back and really like, you know, uh, have some time for reflection of myself, mm-hmm. what I want to do in the world, that kind of thing. So it's been like a bit of a nice like hibernation but still with like a toe in the performance out there digital Mm -hmm. content pool but yeah it gets uh the internet's massive now and it is so highly concentrated with so much content that at some point i was like oh no one needs to hear my thoughts Mm. about anything right now so why don't we go get some new thoughts going (laughs) yeah that's interesting i um caught a bit of valley cast with your fiance yes yeah 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 uh it was an episode it was a q a so it was you and elliot morgan doing um a valley cast is his, his podcast right but you were like filling in yeah he and uh yeah the valley folk he and joe Beretta and steve zaragoza that that's their podcast that they do and i i yeah i vaguely remember that he and i did an episode of it together mm-hmm. and you made a comment that i sort of took note of and now I'm forgetting the context but you said something like maybe I should stop talking maybe we should all just shut up yeah and it made me wonder are you feeling because I feel that and I don't I don't do I don't I do a lot of podcasts but I don't do nearly as many videos or anything like that as you do but even I sometimes am like when is the last time I just took a break and stopped commenting on everything Mm -hmm. I can't it was over a decade ago. Yeah, no, and I, I, to, I, I mean, to be honest, like I haven't fully stopped. Um, and, and that's kind of like the drug of the internet yeah. is that you, it's really, really hard to cut yourself off completely from it. Uh, when Jenna Marbles did that last summer, I just had like the most supreme respect for her and like the decision to kind of walk away from uh, everything at the moment uh, because it, 
uh, for her seemed like the right thing to do. And obviously in the state of the world felt like, yeah, let's all just kind of listen and see where we fit in and how we can like help here. Um, but yeah, it, also like I'm 35 now. I started making YouTube content in my early 20s. And so I'm like, my perspective is changing, but I'm still trying to like externally put shit out there on the internet, but internally there's shifts going on mm-hmm. and I'm missing them if I'm constantly like mm. externally trying to participate in the world. So I have to take some time for myself to like figure out who I am in this like new chapter, new era mm-hmm. kind of thing. Cause I do think, you know, when you see yourself online so much and when you, you know, create a brand, you can get very stuck in that brand and stuck in that like mindset of trying to please an audience versus yourself. And then you kind of like lose what you enjoy or used to enjoy about it. And so I think I have slowly like I haven't had the balls to just like cut everything Mm -hmm. off completely. So I've just slowly dipped back a little bit and paid more attention on the things that I do enjoy doing on the internet. Like I've stopped using Twitter uh, hardly at all, only just to check what's going on there. But I, Twitter gave me this intense anxiety every time I opened it up of like not knowing how to participate on there, mm-hmm. feeling like I need to participate on there to be present on the le- internet, but also feeling like it was a volatile space. And like, so I, I also like, I don't have to participate in that if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Oh, what an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that YouTube has changed a lot over the years yeah you're gonna have to fill me in on what it's up to now because i feel very out of the loop on it these days oh i think that i'm probably the most out of the or, or maybe not the most but i'm quite out of the loop as well but i yeah. know that um, like shane dawson has been on my show a whole bunch of times and i remember at one point he was doing like like before he started doing the documentary style stuff which i think has gone great for him he was it was like the ranch challenge or, you know, he, yeah. he was talking about how like, it's that kind of stunt experimental stuff that is popular right now that people who didn't start doing that kind of stuff are having to do. And yeah, it's really interesting the way that things work in like cycles and waves and trends and that sort of thing. Like I, um, my friend Hannah Hart just got married yeah. this last weekend. Just, uh, it was beautiful and, and wonderful, but um, Hank and John Green were actually at the wedding and we didn't know they were going to be there. And it was like this wonderful thing to see them. And we were all kind of reminiscing about like <laughs> that era of YouTube where everything was turned into a challenge. Everything was turned into a game. It was like, how eat this food out of this diaper or <laughs> you're blindfolded and guess what, like who's farting in front of you. And it was like, you know, real golden age content <laughs> right there. But it is, yeah, it's interesting to see how it goes in waves. Because I remember when I first started making videos, it was kind of like everyone trying to figure out what they're doing and like having fun and like who's watching. And then this era of like vlogging really like, you know, the family vlogs, the Shea Carls, mm-hmm. the Charles Trippies, like blew up. And that became like the thing of people showing their actual real lives and not having to do so much of the like smosh sketch comedy kind of thing. And then the beauty community came and it became this huge, massive outlet for people to experiment with products and to show different like looks and things. Uh, and then like that whole like uh, Paul brother prank to the extreme thing kind of like came in and became a, a huge moment that I don't know has gone away at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But then, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's happening now. Uh, I feel like everyone's over on TikTok anyway. Yes. I know you posted something on Instagram. You said, occasionally I talk. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm it's not... overwhelming over there. Are you on TikTok? No, but I need, I do need to get on it. Whether See, it's... there's that pressure. We're all yes. like, well, I have to do this thing. I have to be part of it. And I've put a couple videos up there, but every time I go to look at it, like yesterday I sat down, I had like a second. I was like, let me look at some talk going on right now <laughs> let me get inspired and see if i can make some content and i got so filled with anxiety trying to like scroll through there's so many people doing so many funny things on there that i was like i don't need to no one needs me on this app there's so there's billions of people there yeah who else was i talking to who said me. that th- was it you tony <laughs> no, no 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 sorry but it was it was uh why I'm spacing also. It was it was just last week. It was last was week's it Wendy? show. No, uh, the the Monday show. Man and Matthews. Yes. Really? I think so. I would we think definitely Man talked about TikTok. Is, is all over TikTok. No, yeah, no, she has like two million TikTok users. Viewers, people. Wild. Yeah. Um no, it was someone else who was saying that they uh they were looking at it and like the learning curve was just too steep. And they're like, now nah, this is not for me. Yeah, it's intense. But um, wait, were you saying that you had Marilyn Rice Club on? Yes. Before? And she's yes. Yeah. And she's become my uh, my spinoff real life. Are you real life friends with her, too? Because if so, we not should all yet, hang out. But I, I want to be because she did my podcast and she was so cool. And I talked to her about TikTok and like how she's able to use it. And yeah. she's so nice that I was too afraid to like ask her in real life to like hang out. But I think she's so cool. Yeah. It's like so rare that a friendship actually, you know, it, it rolls yeah, yeah. off of the po- it comes out of the podcast. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, it's not like we're wearing best friend necklaces yet, <laughs> yet. but I yet, see yet. that in our future. Yeah. Um, I mean, we get coffee sometimes. You should come get coffee with us. I will. I enjoy coffee and I enjoy both of you. So all of those things added up sounds wonderful. This is like, Tony, Tony, you can come too. This is an <laughs> event. You. This is an yes. fact that like a, not only one friendship, but that friendship has led to another like a compound friendship. Everything connects. Everything oh, connects. my God. You guys. Uh, but yes. she, yeah, she's the person that I talked to that made TikTok seem doable, made it seem manageable, made it seem like if you're just having fun on there and that's like, that's the, what I have to remind myself is like TikTok should be if I just want to have fun. There's no stakes. There's no nothing. This doesn't have to build into any sort right. of anything. This is a, like it's just dumb fun. Yes. That being said, I could mm-hmm. imagine for someone like you, there is this feeling that you can't just go on there and not crush it. Like you're someone who has all of you know you you're one of the original youtubers you've got over two million subscribers etc so i can see where there's you know you've got over a million twitter follower twitter followers yeah like there's a pressure for sure it also is like a bit of a learning curve like you know when youtube started there weren't that many options on like how you can edit a video and mm -hmm. how all these effects that you can use and i feel like my brain just isn't like um really program for that type of short form comedy uh, like when vine happened yeah i could not get myself to figure out vine i was so impressed by everyone that was 
making shit on there that was so funny. I could not think in those like micro comedy mm-hmm. moments. And so I, I don't want to close the door on TikTok. <laughs> I know that if I just give it time and I try and figure it out, but it just seems so intimidating that I constantly just put it to the side, but yeah. I'd love to be able to figure it out. Well, I have, I, I want to talk to you more about that. But first, I want to tell you guys, Alice okay. Rosen is your new best friend is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Whether you're struggling with anxiety or depression, need help with relationships, or are having difficulty meeting your goals, online therapy might be right for you. BetterHelp helps you assess your needs to match you with a professional licensed therapist. So you guys know if you've been listening uh, up to this point in the episode, which I assume you have because otherwise that means you turned it on in the middle and that is weird. Um, I big, big fan of therapy. Therapy has helped me so much. I recommend therapy to everyone. Um, if you're even a little bit open to it or curious about it, I recommend that you uh, try it out. And BetterHelp is such a great way to do it. It's convenient. It's, um, you know, especially right now, a lot of traditional therapists have these huge waiting lists. I've heard from people that they've had trouble finding therapists, trouble trouble starting with new therapists. Um, BetterHelp has got you covered. And also, if you feel like the first person that you, you were matched with is not you don't feel like you had a good match, uh, you can keep switching. You, they'll, they'll get you to the right person. You can keep switching as many times as you want. No extra charge. So you do not feel like, oh, no, I'm committed and I don't know and it makes me nervous. That's a common thing to think, but you don't have to feel that way because they will get you to the right person. It's more convenient and more affordable than in-person therapy and financial aid is available. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash best friend. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash best friend. Um, okay. So, Grace, I know you... Yeah. Grew up in New Jersey. Yes, ma'am. How did you? New Jersey. How did you start? Uh, be what? What made you want to become an entertainer? Uh, well, I grew up with uh, all brothers, and my older brother and older stepbrother, who are four years and six years older than me, they were close buds, and they would do uh, comedy sketches for you know school projects and they uh, introduced me to Monty Python when I was in like fourth grade and I didn't understand but I would laugh <laughs> when they laughed at everything and so it was like our our currency was like trying to make each other laugh uh growing up and it was something that felt so validating when you got an older brother to laugh at something that you did and so I went to college for um, communications, thought I wanted to be more of like screenwriter, writer mm-hmm. situation. Uh, but my college was a half hour outside of New York City. So I started taking improv classes in the city while I was in undergrad. And I loved it. I took classes at the People's Improv Theater, which is now since shut down. Rest in peace. Uh, and it was just like such an addiction of being able to make people laugh from nothing and make something with a team. Uh, but I was also very socially anxious. And so the internet had just started when I graduated, uh, before I graduated, my, um, uh, I had an editing class and our editing teacher had us all make a YouTube account. 
uh, so we could share our um, work that we did in class. And I thought YouTube was like an internal campus <laughs> website that we shared like all of our projects on. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I really had absolutely no scope of what any of it was. Uh, but when I graduated, started to learn more about it. And my roommate, who was my college roommate, we moved to Brooklyn together. We started making videos um, on YouTube. Uh, we both had different jobs. And at the end of the day, we'd come home and make videos and edit them and put them on uh, on YouTube. And then this website um, saw the videos and they hired me to make content for them. Was that um, my damn channel? That was my damn channel. Yeah. And I made Daily Grace with them for like four years. That became like my... Um, you know, survivor job at the time. And in doing that, YouTube was evolving and I met Hannah Hart and at Mamrie Hart and we all started to just kind of like, it really snowballed after that point, like a slow snowball over years and years. But <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, very a very strange evolution of all of it because for a long time, YouTube was the survivor job situation while I went on auditions that were awful and very degrading for like TV film and comedy stuff and then did improv shows at night as many as I could kind of thing. Um, and yeah, comedy is just like a very addictive field. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I've been thinking a lot lately about I'm like a broken record because I feel like I I I talk about this a lot because it's like just where my head is at I've just been thinking a lot about external validation and trying not to need it and trying to free myself of needing that approval from outside of myself but also wondering well but what is a healthy relationship with external validation because mm-hmm. we are social creatures right so and mm-hmm. i don't i just raise these questions i don't know the answer no that's it's i that's literally what has been in my head rattling around for like the last couple of years and like you know you talk about therapy i've been working with a great therapist to help me tackle like those exact issues because when you start working online you get so sucked into this vacuum mm-hmm. and especially online because you see numbers and you see external validation and you see like uh, highs and lows and everyone else can see it and it's this like public forum of uh validation and like shame in some way right. and it's a very like torturous cycle but you don't really think about it that way because it's so fun and like mm-hmm. we're at home and we're making these fun things uh but it can like really you know over years like fuck with your brain a little bit and that's kind of why I pulled back and got more interested in school and have been now thinking about comedy as like this is something I love to do. I want to be able to present something to someone that is like offering a gift, you know, like can allow someone to escape something, allow someone to enjoy or see the world in a a way or whatever it is. But I don't need to do that all the time. Like Mm -hmm. I have to be a little bit more purposeful about the way that I interact with comedy, uh, in my adult world. Um, and so it's so interesting that you're thinking about that because I feel like that's been in my ether for mm. the last year for sure. I was thinking about I was thinking about YouTubers and thinking about the amount of work and the editing and all of that stuff and how I just don't that doesn't appeal to me that like yeah. laboring over something and putting it up. However, I've also not had the experience of 
releasing a video and then watching the numbers and the comments just go through the roof, that must be really heady when that happens. Yeah, and I, when I was really doing videos consistently, I never looked at the numbers and I never wanted that to be something that I obsessed over and I never knew or looked at analytics and like when, mm-hmm. you know, brands or agents or whatever would ask me to send them analytics, like I didn't even know how to do that. Um, but it, that didn't mean that it didn't get embedded in me that like, you know, you have to keep the hustle culture concept, yeah. I think is, a uh, interesting, but I don't know if that's the right way to think about things all the time. Mm-hmm. Now that I've kind of like taken a step back, I look at that world and this is kind of what, um, I talked to Michael Buckley about a little bit that like you look at it yourself years ago and you're like that it's like an alien that I don't even like <laughs> I wasn't I don't know that I was actually present for that you get caught up in this whirlwind of having to make content and mm-hmm. like the um, kind of false premise that the more you work the more success you get and because YouTubers kind of decide their own schedules they could technically work 24 hours a day and that has burnt a lot of really brilliant content creators out completely. And so, and also like, you know, in normal work environments or in normal, like, uh, businesses, they have like, um, you know, I assume I haven't been in a normal business. in I don't know how long, but (laughs) that they have all these like practices in place so that like the psychology of their employees stays intact. And YouTube as a business doesn't have that for any Mm -hmm. of its employees, employees. And so it's, uh, you really have to kind of cultivate your own boundaries with it. And I'm only learning that like on the tail end of having done so much and going, I can't, I have, I'm saying the same things over and over and I have no perspective and it's because Mm. I've just been grinding on this thing and not like living life outside of it. Right. And so it's, yeah, it's been a very reflective year on all of that. And when I watch a lot of content creators, I do get very nervous about like the side effects like psychologically that'll happen from the obsession of like needing to grow, grow, grow and stay on top or stay increasing in some way. Mm. And if they're... And knowing that you have to create a support system around yourself for your own psychology. Did you see um, Bo Burnham's special? I did. Yeah, it was very, yeah. Did you relate to it? Yeah, I was just like, ah, there he goes again. He's being very prolific and he's saying what my brain's been thinking. And he's (laughs) doing it in a musical way that's far beyond any skill set I have. Uh, And it speaks very true. Yeah, especially when he talks about like the dissociative like kind of qualities that you get with the obsession of yourself on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, yeah, that's something interesting to explore. And I talked with other creators that I'm fascinated to see like in the next few years, like what starts happening with people. Cause I feel like there's been waves of people, you know, stepping back, you know, mm-hmm. Jenna Marbles included uh, from the space uh, and, uh, and, you know, waves of people having, you know, the discrepancies in their, you know, way that they've interacted in the world. And so I'm curious to see what continues to happen, what trends happen if if people actually start um, putting in ways to support the creators that are on their platforms. I have no idea what that looks like, mm-hmm. but I'm interested if that is a conversation that's happening behind the scenes because I do think it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, unless the business model is to just burn through people 
super right fast like everyone's replaceable and if your brain goes bad we got another one with a brain that's totally fine that'll come in and start doing the same shtick that you're doing which is a part of the whole like hamster wheel cycle totally oh my gosh all this talk of stuff that makes me anxious <laughs> makes me want to tell you about feels cbd oh. cbd isn't what you feel it's about what you don't feel stress anxiety pain etc feels is a better way to feel better feels is a premium cbd that will help to keep your head clear and feel your best it's hassle-free delivered directly to your door cbd naturally helps reduce stress anxiety pain and sleeplessness and there's no hangover or addiction place a few drops of feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important and everyone's dose is different. In fact, feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you find your perfect dose. The feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. And I will say as someone who's tried a number of different CBDs, um, there are, I have felt altered with some, but with feels, I just, I felt a reduction of anxiety, nervousness, et cetera, sleeplessness, but I really didn't feel, I didn't feel anything I didn't want to feel. Joining the feels monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel anytime. Start feeling better with feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash best friend and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash best friend to become a member and get 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping feels.com slash best friend. Okay. One more question. And then some fun segments. Um, you had a a television show on E, right? Mm -hmm. What was your experience of that? That was very, very wild. Um, it it was an incredible experience. It was so surreal. And, uh, again, one of those things that I have to like look back and remind myself that that happened and it wasn't like an actual fever dream (laughs) situation. Uh, yeah, it, it was, um, I, was kind of approached by this uh, production company called Embassy Row, and they had been doing a lot of stuff with um, different Bravo uh, shows, and I was huge reality TV, Bravo nerd. And uh, so they were great people, and we kind of conceptualized this show idea together that was really authentic to what I was doing online, with, but trying to elevate it and just trying to see what that would look like in a more traditional space. And at the time, traditional spaces were trying to figure out how to get uh, the digital world to interact mm-hmm. with them. And we ended up selling it to the E-Network and uh, it became this kind of like Friday night uh, show. We actually rented a house in Silver Lake on the east side in Los Angeles, and we shot everything out of the house. It was designed beautifully. It was cooler than I could ever design <laughs> my own house. And uh, we shot everything there. We had like celebrity guests come and do dumb, internet-y type of segments, you know, the kind of like challenge video or like game kind of segments. And the goal was to try and have moments where we would bring in digital talent with traditional talent and have them co-mingle together and play games together and it was really fun the team that was working on the show was so great and it was a small team for like the amount of the production that we did and it was great and we i had so much say in the creative and so much say in the edit like i remember 
sitting with the editor and all the producers and like talking through like the jump cut idea Mm -hmm. and like how to bring that into television. So it was very, very cool um, and very surreal. But it was a strange thing to go from doing my own videos by myself at home to now there's a crew of, you know, 30 people in a house that are dependent on me doing this Mm -hmm. program. So it was very intimidating. Uh, but I, I loved it and he was, he was great about it. Um, was that a bummer that it did not continue? Yeah, I actually, that was kind of, um, our decision to not continue it. It, uh, there were talks about continuing it. It just felt like we had done it and mm-hmm. I didn't know what else we could do there. And there was a time when traditional media started to get a bit catty towards digital, um, creators. Oh. And I felt very protective of the digital community. And so I didn't want to, um, you know, I was spending a lot of bandwidth there and there were a lot of other things going on um, that I wanted to work on, um, like Dirty 30 and like writing some books and, and that sort of thing. And so I felt like we we did it. We did a talk show. We, we tried to, you know, make this thing happen. But for my own kind of like uh, self-preservance, mm-hmm. I was I didn't think it made sense to keep going. I didn't know how much more we could do. I felt like we had kind of burned through all the sticks mm-hmm. and gimmicks that were happening. And uh, and I didn't want to do a traditional sit down at a desk talk show situation. And it felt like we might have started to move in that direction. And so I kind of wanted to get out before I got too locked in. That's so interesting. Um, yeah, it was a it was a wild time. It was a very wild time and a very very difficult decision. Um, but it was it ended up being kind of mutual. Like they saw like where we were coming from and and understood that you know there's other ways to to do it. And I, the show was getting you know the ratings started great and then they started teetering. And so there was a big pressure on my shoulders mm-hmm. to try and bring internet audience to TV. When at that point, I'm like, I brought as many as I could. I really can't force more people to come to this right. party. And I'm not going to like degrade myself to try and do that. So uh, we did it, guys. And I think, you know, maybe you can figure out the digital audience moving over with someone else shepherding them over there. Why, why would it have moved in the direction of more traditional like you behind a desk? I, it's not that it was definitely moving in that way. It just felt like, you know, they, to get people to watch TV, it felt like they needed a lot more of the Dwayne Johnson type of guests mm. on the show who every guest that was on that show that season was so wonderful and so game to do all the dumb stuff that we threw at them like last minute. Obviously, all of the YouTube talent was so incredible and so game and then and knew what we were doing. And then to bring on someone like a Hillary Duff to try and do, you know, a dumb game with like Shane Dawson was like, uh, here's hoping this works. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was great in that sense. But uh, to get the numbers that they wanted, I feel like the uh, it was going to have to start becoming less internet-y yeah. and more like TV-y. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was a... Uh, but I, I mean, it was great. And it was a really like, like I said, both mutual kind of like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, thanks. We'll see you around. <laughs> you mentioned that around that time there was a cattiness between traditional media and like 
YouTube internet stuff and something like fired in the back of my head, the back of my memory, which I can't put my finger on, but there were, was, am I, is there some scandal I'm forgetting? Like did, did someone come out and say something negative or was there something that had sort of like galvanized YouTubers? There was, um, there was, I don't remember if this is an isolated incident or it was like part of a bigger thing, but I remember there was like a back and forth with YouTubers and maybe it was ease Twitter or something like that where it they just started to drag YouTubers after like an award show or something yes. because they got invited to an award show and then they were kind of making fun of like who are these people that yeah. got into this thing and it was just not a good look for the whole situation mm-hmm. and I think they kind of underestimated the power of the internet to clap back at right. like a, a joke that didn't really land and so they kind of like seemed to hold their ground about it. And it just was like a, oh, I thought the winds of change were coming through traditional Mm -hmm. and that they were kind of starting to understand the actual value that all these creators have and like the hard work that they do and that they are, you know, sincerely um, valuable Mm -hmm. as content creators and as individuals. And then it just seemed like a, you know, a quick little, Oh, uh, maybe you haven't changed. You started to say all the right words before and then the uh, true colors kind of came out a little bit. So I don't know if I want to stand on that side right Right. now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine feeling really torn. Yeah. It was like, I mean, that's always been the case in those days was just like the, the kind of apathetic fight from the internet kids to be taken seriously by traditional media but also knowing at the same time that they didn't need traditional media and so doing the tv show was kind of like checking a bucket list box for myself and also like experimenting you know like i'm doing youtube videos what's something else that we can do that's a little bigger and different um so for me it was a great experience um, and I think E at the time, the whole brand of E was shifting to, mm-hmm. you know, they were very Kardashian heavy mm-hmm. and I was very much not a Kardashian. And so I, even like the, you know, tone of the network, I didn't know how I really fit in. Like Joel McHale was there for a bit who I was like, okay, this feels like, you know, the party that I can align with here. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of left. And so I think they, uh, I was like, oh, there's not much comedy happening here. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can put this all on my shoulders. I know they're developing stuff. So maybe this is, you know, run its course. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, One question from before. Yeah. When my damn channel came Mm -hmm. and approached you, was your roommate with whom you've been doing videos like, hello, (laughs) (laughs) I'm over here. Uh, Michelle, who I still, I literally just zoomed with her like a few hours ago. Uh, we talk every Friday. Um, she, no, she was super supportive. At that time, she was pursuing like other stuff. Like she was editing and had these like, you know, aspirations that were in a different world of like being more behind the scenes of things. And like her and I's videos were just, you know, for fun. And at that point, I was like, auditioning and I was doing shows and that sort of thing and she was focusing on her behind the scenes stuff but she was in a ton of stuff on the network with me and like helped me like do uh you know some of my videos so it was a more supportive kind of Mm -hmm. role and uh I think a testament that we're still 
buds today. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Um, all right. Let's do just me or everyone. This is where people mm. write in with things they think or do, and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? Okay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. I have to pull them up on my phone and I just switched the view so that now if people are watching on YouTube, they can watch me mess around on my phone doing this thing that I really should have had pulled up already. Okay. But (laughs) uh, Grace, do you have one? Yes. So this is um, stuff that we do that we're wondering if other people do this too. Yeah. Okay. uh, When... (sighs) I know that there's probably other things, but this is the first thing that came into my head about this. And I have a feeling no one else does this. But uh, when I was younger, I remember, I don't know how this developed, but when I would fall asleep at night, if I fell asleep on my back, like I would kind of like put my hands over myself occasionally, like uh, just have long limbs. And so I would sleep like this, but I would get really freaked out that it felt like I was like laying in a coffin. So I would have to change my body position (laughs) before I could actually fall asleep because I was too like freaked out that the body position that I was laying in felt literally too morbid (laughs) for me. And I have no idea where that came from but i would have to like bend my knee or like move my arm just a little bit so i felt like i wasn't laying like a dead person and even to this day like i'll find myself totally unconsciously just like shifting my body position if i find myself just laying on my back with my hands like by my side or something like in case the grim reaper sweeps through and so yeah. they don't make a mistake like, <laughs> like in case yeah i'm signaling to the universe that i'm playing dead and they, they should take me now in right. my sleep <laughs> so yeah that's why i'm like oh you got me I pranked you i'm not i'm alive see my arms bent no one does that in a coffin <laughs> okay so get this yeah. After I uh, went to my the funeral of my grandfather, which is the uh-huh. first and only, thank God, uh, time I've ever seen a dead body, for months after I could not sleep on my back because yeah. it, remi- it it lying there made me think of him in the coffin. So it's not just you. Yeah. Although, okay, thank you. Yeah. Although mine, I know what started it. Yeah. It must be something like that because I also I'm trying to think like I've been to very thankfully a few funerals and even fewer where the body is mm-hmm. something you go and see um so it must have been something like that or something on tv uh but it definitely didn't come out of nowhere <laughs> right <laughs> something that i was like "Ooh, i can't sleep like this that means i'm dead so <laughs> i want to wake up in the morning so i gotta change my position i wonder how the decision is made whether to have the body there or not because i've actually been to a a large handful not a ton but a good size amount of memorials i guess more than funerals yeah um i don't know if the difference is actually whether there's the body or not but anyway i do wonder how they decide tony you're an undertaker do you know (laughs) (laughs) i i mean it's just the the family decides i don't know i don't know what makes them decide one or the other but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I will say though that uh, I, I do not have this issue. I also I can't <laughs> sleep on my back, anyways. Yeah, same. But, uh, 
I will say, though, you would definitely uh, hate sleeping in a bunk on a tour bus. Oh, see, I'm very claustrophobic. So, eh, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I couldn't do when I see people. Have you done that? Yeah. Tony is yeah. being he's being very modest. He's a rock star. He Hell plays yeah. drums in Motion City soundtrack. He has a gold record. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, see that's something I would have to be incredibly inebriated or like fully on sleeping stuff to get me to fall asleep in that situation. Yeah. It's it's weird. But they're yeah, they're very they're very coffin-esque. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you sit up in them at all or do you have to be fully crouched over? Uh th- there are different types. Most okay. of them are just like very small and you cannot sit up in, but there <laughs> are ones I believe they're they're literally called like condo bunks you can you can sit up in those uh i've only had that a couple of times uh, but most of them are smaller yeah 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 i don't think i could do that i would sleep like uh in the walkway in between (laughs) (laughs) it definitely takes some getting used to yeah Yeah. is it three three bunks or just yeah they're uh yeah they're usually three high in the 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 condo situation then it's uh two on each side but yeah it's usually Uh, three three high, and then, yeah, on each side, and then there's usually 12 bunks total. Wow. You know, my mm-hmm. new phobia that seems to be... Well, no, it's been on and off for years, but I do not like driving on windy mountain roads. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I don't yeah. know, maybe that's common, but I, um... Like, I can it's remember... It's perilous. yes. Yeah, it's like, um, have you heard the thing, maybe this is also one of my, um, does everyone else do this, uh, where when you were younger, if you're driving in like the backseat, driving, if you're sitting in the backseat of the car, like looking over and wondering what would happen if you just opened the car door right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have had okay. that. But <laughs> yeah. also, I've, and I feel like this, this probably like, I should, this is something to trot into therapy. This, cause it <laughs> speaks to like feeling unsafe as a child, but being mm. in the back of a car or minivan that an adult is driving and, f- and being very aware that like, what if they f- mess up? Yeah. <laughs> or what <laughs> if they fall trust asleep? Issues. Yes, yeah. totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Okay, Nina Hartley says, every time I see Olympic divers, I'm always afraid they're going to hit their head on the diving board or slip off when jumping off the board. I literally was watching footage of someone, but I can't remember who, going off of a high dive and like doing a flip. And it, she really came close to the edge of cool. the high dive. She was fine. It was okay. a beautiful uh, dive. But still, <laughs> I, ha- I just had that thought. Yeah, no, that is uh, for sure. I have that all the time. If I, I mean, you know, every four years when I watch diving in the Olympics, <laughs> thank God it's not more frequent than that. Uh, yeah, that freaks me out because it's happened to people. Yeah. I've cool. never, how high is a high dive? Because I just remember being at a hotel as a kid. I, it was a hotel in Las Vegas as a kid and they had a high dive and it was like, it's got to be like 20 feet in the air, but it's not really. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I for a brief moment we belonged to like a pool in the summer, and you had to have a certain band to be able to jump off the high dive, and I thought it was like the highest thing I've ever seen in my life, but it's probably like ten feet. Have either of you ever dove, dove, dived off, dove off of one? No, nothing. I mean, you're uh, are you talking? You're not just talking 
Because like uh, the Olympic like high dive, those those yeah. are those are high. But yeah. are, you, are you just are you Allison? Are you just talking like a diving board in general? Is no, not a mean? diving board. Um, a Caesar's Palace or Desert Inn style high dive, but it, I don't think it's as high <laughs> as the as an Olympic one. Okay, yeah, I don't know. But I don't it know is. I've uh, really seen a recreational. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. It seems like I a like- lawsuit waiting to happen. I'm yeah. 100% sure. In the way that hotels don't even have a deep end anymore, I'm 100% sure they don't have these anymore. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a, a bad choice for a hotel. Because I, I googled and it says the world championship men jump from a 27 meter high, which is 89 feet. Holy Jesus. And that women me- jump from a 20 meter high, 66 feet. That's insane. That makes me nervous just hearing about it. That's insane. Alice Messina says, when online shopping, the option to, quote, find an item in store pops up with an unknown zip code you could not have typed previously for a state you do not even live in, just mirror everyone. Yes. Yeah. Why does Home Depot or whoever Lowe's always think that I'm in Murrieta? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I get random ones that I'm like, did I... Was I in a hotel and I like needed oh, something yeah. delivered from Target? <laughs> what was I trying to do? Tony, do you have this with your touring life? Uh, will you say, I, I, for some reason, I, I, I didn't follow it. Will you say that one more time? Um, yeah, I will, parap- I will uh, rephrase. So it, when you're uh, shopping online and mm. it thinks that you're, it'll say like your store. Or or shipping to your zip oh. code, or like, or it'll it be thinks, like find right, right, find right. a store nearby, yeah. and it'll have an uh, find item in store, code. yeah, a zip code already in there, or it'll be already searching, telling you right. that this item is available in store in this random Walnut zip Creek. Code. Yeah, it'll yeah, it'll do that to me sometimes, but it's usually still somewhat local. Oh. But mm. it, it will be like the thing of like, why why are you telling me that? Why are you telling me the West <laughs> right. Hollywood location? Yeah. And it's usually never anything too crazy, but yeah. Hmm. Oh, it's usually crazy for me. Uh, okay, Angela says I thought people were saying mayor of East Town, and now that I know it's mayor, I still hear the word mayor, 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 mayor. But some people say mayor yep. like mayor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you guys seen Mayor? No. Now, now it sounds wrong. Mayor of Easttown, you haven't? <laughs> I haven't either. Is the, so the correct is Mayor? Yes. Like <laughs> Mayor Winningham. <laughs> okay. Like Marianne. Um, okay. I got to assume anyone that just hears it and doesn't see it written out assumes that's what it is. Mayor of Easttown? Yeah. yeah sort of like, the, like, like everyone thought it was downtown Abbey. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Mayor of Easttown is really good. We just watched it. It's seven episodes. I had heard the first episode. Mm. You, like, you got to get through the first to really be drawn in, hmm. which the first was good, but it really picks up. And it be- for me, it became one of those shows of like, oh, my God, I can't wait to... to- it's a real, a real whodunit. Good to uh, know. Yeah, I recommend it. Okay. Uh, if you would like to send in your Just Mirror Everyone's, tweet them to at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F uh, on Twitter. If you would like to email us, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F show at gmail.com. And uh, we have some questions that listeners have sent in on Patreon and on Twitter. I am on Ooh. Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I feel like that's usually a Thursday show move. So I was. Uh, I, I know. My computer froze. I was like, no, my Wi-Fi <laughs> seamless. Um, all sorts of bonus, extra, wonderful, I think stuff. Bonus episodes. In fact, tomorrow, my husband Daniel and I are sitting down and answering your questions on a bonus Ooh. episode. Um, Zoom parties. There's a level where you can text me and I'll text you back. Uh, and um, and uh, early access to the episodes. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And if you like a Patreon. deal, if you si- <laughs> thank you. If you sign up for Very an nice. annual subscription, you get two months free. You can't afford not to. Okay. Oh. We have a song for when we answer questions. Again, this the pandemic brain is like I've hit a new level of it because we just did an in-person show and so now I don't remember how to do anything. Uh-huh. When we ask this and them in they're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Okay, Joey Nguyen wants to know, what is your go-to drink when ordering from a bar? Oh, uh, right. Uh, I'm so boring. My go-to is just vodka soda. It's so, so boring. However, um, I'm starting to get into Mezcal. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, we went on a little uh, vacation for a couple days uh, to Puerto Vallarta a couple weeks ago. It's like first... Double vaxxed. Let's go to an Airbnb somewhere outside of Los Angeles and uh, got really into mezcal. Sipping it, it's smoky and delicious, and uh, doesn't really give me a major hangover after. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Whitney C. Do you have any piercings or tattoos, or would you want any? Uh, I have uh, a nose ring um, that's not there or not in there anymore. I have my ears pierced and I have a tattoo on my foot that says, here comes the sun. Um, but it's very, it's been worn down <laughs> by shoes. I did not take <laughs> good care of it right after I got it uh, like four years ago, five years ago. Uh, and yeah, that, that's all I got. What made you choose that? Uh, well, it was a very, very drunk night uh it was like a 4 a.m tattoo in uh in canada when hannah hart and i were shooting this series called electro mandina girl um and it's just the song my dad uh, sang to me growing up all the time that like put us all in a great mood oh that's sweet speaking yeah. of ulysses atkins would she ever do a sequel to electro woman and dina girl love that oh. she is a superhero well, um, yeah, I mean, it was so fun. I, I think I, I mean, if we ever had that opportunity, I think we'd both love to do it. I also would like train <laughs> a little bit for it. Uh, I also had like a hairline fracture on my foot that I didn't know like the whole time we were filming until like oh, geez. the last uh, little bit. So yeah, I, I would love to do it differently the second time around. Uh, and Lynn says, has she actually really thrown cold spaghetti at someone? Ooh, not that I can remember. This is a reference to a question you ask on your podcast. Yeah, it's the question we ask every guest on the Not Too Deep podcast. And I, you would think I should or would have at this point, but I can't recall that I actually have. It might have been something that happened on the E! show, to be honest, but I I don't remember it outright. (laughs) Uh, 
Catherine says, how does she think her life has changed since the heyday of YouTube in 2015, 2016? Anything mm. she misses from then? And also, do you agree that that was the heyday of YouTube? Uh, I mean, it was a heyday for me. I, I don't know about YouTube as the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, this is like what we were kind of talking to Hank and John Green about over the weekend that like, it's really nice to look back with nostalgia and go like we all were part of this like thing that is never going to happen the same way Mm -hmm. as it did before and instead of wishing we could go back there it's really nice to have like gratitude for having been there um and now yeah like i said i'm kind of like pivoting and uh, reflecting and introspecting and uh, figuring out still wanting to do make people laugh in certain ways but maybe in a, a little bit of a deeper way uh, but still kind of uh, simmering on all of that for now uh, and lastly so do you have a hey go fuck yourself yes um, physical uh, tangible menus now that uh, I've gone to like a, a couple restaurants and we have QR codes where we can read the menus on our phones I don't ever want like a physical menu again. I like looking at it on my phone and having worked, you know, my very one of my very first jobs was as a hostess at Chili's in South Jersey and having to be in charge of cleaning the physical menus. I know that they are not clean as much (laughs) as they should be. So, uh, hey, menus. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. (laughs) nice that's fun i haven't fully graduated to just feeling comfortable with everything being on my phone like tickets and things like that or my my fear is always that somehow i'll have some like technological malfunction right when i need it oh yeah like uh anytime i need to show like the one last time when we went to puerto Vallarta, i had to show like my you know flight ticket on my phone i felt like i had like was looking at a phone for the very first time you know at times i kept checking it before i showed it to the person yes. i was just like here i'm so sorry i don't know how to do this oh it's locked now my phone's locked i forget my passcode yes. it's just like awful yes yes <laughs> Um, thank you so much for that. I'm going to let you go in a sec, but now, um, just because you're so beautiful, I have to do gal chat. Tony, play the thing. Gal chat. Okay. So, um, you have perfect, slight, slightly waved, Uh. full hair. How do you achieve this? Is this a wand? Is it a brush? What's going this on? Is, uh, this is a oh, hair that's grown out in the pandemic. Um, it's a flat iron that I just do a little oh. like curl with a flat iron. It's literally become like the only thing I do with my hair. So I have it down to like an under 10 minute kind of routine situation. I also just have such like thick hair. Um, I'm actually on Monday going to go get it done finally and feel like a, a whole person again. But yeah, that's that's what I use. So it's now are you also straightening it with the flat iron? Yeah, I straighten and then kind of like curl it back Twist with it. the flat iron and then like roll the flat iron through it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got of, it down to like a quick system. Of all the things I would have guessed, I wouldn't have guessed that even though I know that that is a thing people can do. Well, it looks very good. <laughs> and then you. also your perfect eyebrows. How are you achieving oh. perfect brows? Oh, thank you so much. Um, I use Anastasia of Beverly Hills Brow Dip. 
Mm. Uh, I love it. It's great. It's that gel brow dip yeah. stuff. And it, but it's taken me like forever to find the actual color of my eyebrows because I am terrible at like matching foundations, matching anything of what I think like my person looks like or is colored <laughs> in some way. And so the finally I got like top is the color that I use. And so, and the brow dip like little containers, they last for like months and months and months. So it's a great investment. I actually just bought like four Anastasia pencils mm, for yeah, the same like thing too. of like, I, everyone, I feel like everyone always uses like a medium brown on me. However, I yeah. have black hair. So yeah. I feel like that's not exactly the right match. Yeah. I remember one makeup artist using black on my brows and I thought that looked closer to how it should look. Mm. However, that, when I tried that, that didn't work. So anyway, but I, I skipped right over the dip brow and I feel like maybe I should go to that. I should try that. It's great. If you, like I said, find the right color. Cause otherwise Mm. you just have like this jar that'll last forever of the wrong color. (laughs) Uh, And I always thought like I have brown eyes, but they're also like a, gray like not mm-hmm. br- like all the browns that i get are very like soft auburn brown colors and right it just looks crazy so it's more and like blonde looks like i'm trying to dye my eyebrows with like a pencil yeah so yeah the top seems to work for me thank you and also um i saw a caption on instagram what happened to your eye oh well it's uh i don't know if you can see you can only barely see it on on the youtube yeah i woke up one morning and i had a blood vessel that popped in my eye and i went to bed and it wasn't popped uh and it so it scared me very much when i went to brush my teeth and i thought that i had like stabbed myself in the face uh i i guess i had coughed in my sleep oh my or gosh. something yeah because i couldn't figure out like what other than like pressure on your face mm-hmm. um but i was having like nightmares about bugs that night uh yeah which is oh, very, full circle so full circle this whole thing yeah i had uh nightmares about bugs in my bed actually but was like, this in mexico well, no this was i was home uh in los angeles but i had two different dreams one was about a giant like skeeter eater that was in my room and then the second one was about all these tiny flies that landed in my bed um and so yeah and then i woke up and my <laughs> my eye was bleeding uh so i was really does it lovely. hurt no it doesn't hurt at all so That's i good. forget that it's there all the time so even like up at hannah's wedding hanging out with people for like the first time i like at the end of the night was like you know some people were like really making eye contact <laughs> i was like oh right because i have this giant red splotch in my eye i completely forgot about that okay What's a skeeter eater? Is that a crane fly? Oh, that's what we I call. I don't know if it's like a Jersey thing, maybe, but um, it's like what I used to think were mosquitoes. Those bigger, daddy long leg looking like yeah. flies, but With they wings. Eat, yeah, and they I, yeah, eat I think it's mosquitoes. A, yeah, so that's such a good name. Eaters. I've never yeah. heard that name. I like it. They should brand themselves that. There you um, go. Grace, it was so nice having you on the show. I Thank should have you. mentioned you came on. I don't know if you even remember years ago, you. Hannah and Mamrie came on around the time of Camp Dakota. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, uh, I know. When I already had your email address in my inbox, I was like, oh, this is, yeah, of course. Yeah, Um, so you guys came on a long time ago, but it was so nice to be able to to catch up with you and ask you more in-depth questions. Yeah, Um, thanks for having me. And for real, 
I gotta, mm-hmm. I got, I'm gonna text Mary Lynn and we're gonna set up a coffee date. Yeah, that would be truly very wonderful. I would love we'll that. Do it. We will do that. Um, tell everyone where they can find you. Plug anything you'd like to plug. Sure. Uh, I'm just at Grace Helbig on all social media platforms. Uh, Mamrie and I do a podcast called This Might Get Weird. comes out every Wednesday. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash This Might Get Weird. Um, and Not Too Deep uh, comes out every Monday. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Listen, if you guys. like what you're hearing, please make sure you're subscribed or following in your app of choice. Uh, leave us a five-star comment. You know what? Vote your heart and your conscience. So if you're not feeling five stars, just whatever you think feels right. I'm just going to gently, gently suggest <laughs> that this feels like five star content. And I know myself pretty well. And I know what I've been churning out. And it's pretty much five stars. So don't not give me five stars unless you need to. <laughs> It helps out the show so much. Also, a comment, please, would be wonderful. Check out my other podcast that I do with Greg Fitzsimmons, Childish. Um, and uh, I feel like I've mentioned... Oh, no. I know what I forgot to mention. I always forget to mention this. That's so dumb of me. Uh I have a store set up on Amazon. You can shop my podcast gear, my makeup, my beauty stuff, home stuff. I've got a section for kids. I've got a section for my husband, a section for dogs. Um, not that dogs would be shopping, but if you want to buy stuff for your dog or if your dog is shopping for something for themselves or for someone else. And you can get there by going to amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. Again, that's amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. Okay, Tony, what about you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. And my podcast, Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday. Uh, that's it. Wonderful. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Grace, thank you again. This was thank so much guys. fun. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? Go.